Hello, I'm your host, Lee Kostenbader, and this is the Transylvania Music Technology Podcast. Welcome to the TMT Podcast, where Transylvania University's composers, performers, sound designers, and artists talk about their latest creative projects, engineering experiments, and collaborations. Today's show, episode three, is Social Constructs, Genre and Gender with Grace Cronute. Hi, I'm Grace Cronute. I'm a senior here at Transy, music tech and music studies major, and my name is Grape on music streaming platforms. All right. So, speaking of your music streaming platforms, you have something new released just last night. Um, Yeah, so I had a new EP come out called Masculine. That's the the title song is Masculine. And it's three different songs, all kind of, I tried to vary the genre a lot. It was kind of the main focus of it. So the first song is called Tinder Sucks. Um, It's kind of like a song I wrote about why I hate dating people. But um, the genre is supposed to be like, um, it's more of like a beachy, tropical song, kind of like Vampire Weekend-esque. Um, it's actually, there's like a new genre-ish called Shoegazer, which is like beachy yet electronic. So I guess I would call it that. Shoegazer. Yeah. What a name. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's because like if you look down, you're looking down at your shoes, if you're like playing with a bunch of different guitar pedals. Oh, I think that might be okay. the why. I just made that up though. So maybe, I mean like that, that's the reason. I don't know if that's the actual reason, but that's what makes sense to me. Um, And then the second one, the title song, um, is Masculine, and it's just like layered guitar and my voice, pretty raw. I actually recorded the vocals in my bedroom, and I think you can tell that, Um, but I wanted it to be less about the production and more about the lyrics, because it's very gay and very sad. (laughs) So it's like one of my favorite songs I wrote lyrically ever, so I kind of wanted it to be more focused on that. Mm -hmm. And then the last song, Cotton Candy Daydreams, is kind of like what I want my music to sound like and it's very like electronic bedroom pop indie pop okay nice so have you always wanted to create indie pop or is this a recent sort of love affair hmm actually um me and dr Polashik, one of the professors we talked about how when you first start recording something you don't really think about genre but then once i started thinking about it um i do like a lot of production And then people just kind of, no matter what I sing on, people just automatically kind of say it's indie. So no matter what I do, even if it's pop, it's indie pop. So I kind of like the like catchiness, upbeat, electronic sounds. And then with my voice on it, apparently it's indie. So there you go, (laughs) indie pop. Assigned indie at birth. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Never been in a choir, indie. And speaking of genre, that's one of the topics for your senior capstone, right? My senior capstone is kind of about how genre is pretty niche, but people really do kind of categorize songs based on genre and how they sound and how it makes them feel. And so I'm using in like Max, I'm patching different um, plugins together to create different guitar pedals. And so by the end of senior year, I'm going to have like a plugin that people can use that has genre specific things for guitar, showing that you can like play the same guitar part, but just with the pedal and the effects, you can create a whole new genre, basically. Okay. So sort of like an exploration of the limits of genre and what that sort of means. Yeah, exactly. But I think the beauty of production is that you can, like, you obviously are going to sound the same, but you can literally make 
something be a folk song or like a jazz song based on just how you um, use effects and use your voice and you can change your voice even a little bit or just like the plugins that you use, the style that you use, pitch bends, glissandos, being out of tune, being delayed can like swinging can create like all different genres. So like I think the sign of like a really well-versed producer is someone that can create a song that is one time folk and then the next time pop and then hip hop and then, you know, yeah. So I kind of wanted to like embody that just because I'm using my own voice doesn't mean that I can't create a bunch of different genres within like just my solo like act. So a plug in and also a plug for your skills. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Did this sort of just come to you or was this something that you had expected to sort of work with from the get go? Um, honestly, I think I decided that I wanted to because I didn't really think a lot about genre. So I think I decided that I wanted to expand on it. My first song, Faded and Naked, it's like ukulele in the background. And in my mind, I wrote that song on the ukulele. So I didn't really think a lot about it. And then all the time, like I'd get these comments like, oh, yeah, your genre is so interesting. You're like soft girl, ukulele girl, all this <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, oh, God, that's not what I meant to sound like at all. So then I was like, wow, I have this, you know, I only have one song as an artist and people just like immediately categorize me into a genre. So I kind of want to show them that I can be whatever and that they can't expect just one thing from me that I can be. Yeah, one thing and then another thing. And I can have a lot of production or a very minimal production like masculine or anything in between. Yeah. Would you say that genre then is something that artists at the beginning of their careers at least don't really have control over themselves, but it's rather something that the audience sort of puts them on or? Yeah, kind of. Honestly, like I think a lot of artists just make what they think sounds good and what they like. And then the audience kind of, whether they have music background or they don't, they kind of just like say what it reminds them of. And then sometimes you're super excited because people compare your song to Vampire Weekend and you're like, oh, they're cool. <laughs> and then you then people um, like just say like that you're a, like soft girl ukulele girl and you're like, oh, that's not that's not what I wanted to be whatsoever. So, yeah, I think artists do just try to that's what I did with my first song. I was just like I wanted to have as much like automation and transition without the entire song with random different sounds. And there's a lot of different random sounds in the background of that song. And then genre did not even cross my mind until after I released it. And people were like, oh, your genre is so interesting. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think that people were going to like people like labels and categorizing things. Mm -hmm. And no matter how much you try to stray away from it or create something new, people will still try to compare you to someone or like put you in a box of something. Mm -hmm. Almost mm -hmm. like everything in society, like <laughs> <laughs> gender, sexuality. But anyways, that's a different topic. <laughs> But actually, that does kind of relate back to your recent album. Uh, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but it seems like your gender identity and sexuality are a big role in your newest uh, EP. Do you want to talk about that? So I really wanted to, the, I decided to call the EP Masculine because it's honestly my favorite song I've written lyrically just because it's so blunt and so raw. And I feel like it. people like my friends tell me that it reminds them of just me in general because I am kind of like blunt. Like, if you tell me something, I'll just, like, tell you how I feel immediately. Um, so I just like that song because there's a lot of songs that kind of, like, is that is that about coming out? Is that about what it feels like to be gay? I don't know. It's kind of vague. And Masculine is, like, specifically a song for, like, people, queer people, 
Um, it's probably more relatable to lesbians, I guess, because it, it does say she in it sometimes. But just for queer people and how it feels and giving a perspective that a lot of straight people maybe don't really understand or think about. Like, I when I first wrote that song about two years ago, I played it for one of my sisters, and she's straight. And she was, like, shocked. Like, you could just see, like, her face was so shocked because she had never thought about any of those perspectives or just, like, how it feels holding a girl's hand down the side of the road or... How, you know, like, one of the lyrics is, like, I'd rather her, like, stay the night with him. At least he could give her a normal life to live. And just, like, thinking about, like, almost, like, a lot of guilt or, like, all this heteronormativity in the back of your mind. And so, honestly, like, it's funny because Tinder Sucks is a song I wrote about why I hate dating people. (laughs) And then Masculine is just, like, talking about different points of view and, like, coming out as well as then, like, being out and then how you feel being in a queer relationship, being broken up with, just, like, with your family life and, like, how much harder it is that you, like, can't tell people about, like, your hardships and your struggles or people, when you do want to talk about your hardships and struggles with relationships, then people kind of judge you for that and, like, Mm -hmm. don't even really listen. It's like, oh, I don't really care about your emotions right now because what you're talking about, like, is invalid. Like, they invalidate a lot of relationships and queerness. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and... Even the the title lyric, I don't, it's probably not, it's probably like honestly my least favorite lyric, like the intro, but. Really? It's kind of eye-catching, but the rest of it I feel like is really deep. Mm, But mm -hmm. the first lyric is just like, people ask me if you're the masculine one, then who's the man in the relationship? Wouldn't you just call that an effed up friendship? And Mm. I think it is a good uh, lyric. I like think the other ones are more raw and in-depth. Even that kind of shows that people invalidate Um, your emotions as a queer person or that if you do try to like tell your family or tell someone about this heartbreak it's like oh well actually I don't care about your emotions because your emotions are involved into this whole like queer identity and that I'm more concerned about how you look and how people are viewing our family or us than than actually how you feel. When I first wrote songs, I kind of wanted to know, like, what was the motive? Because, like, I just like making music, and I write songs to, like, vent and stuff. But I was like, what's really the motive for my audience? Like, why do I want people to listen to this? Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that there's not a lot of lesbian artists and that there's not a lot of queer expression in music. And so I just kind of wanted it to be, like, an outlet for, like, there are songs that are, like, lesbian, but they're not. They're kind of, like, anthems, like, being hyped about being gay. But sometimes you, like need to hear that you're not alone, especially like um, people, kids in high school or something, or just starting out in college that know that they're gay or that they're queer, but they don't know if anyone else relates to that. And so it's almost like people could still be in the closet or still be like not fully comfortable with their identity and listen to this and be like, yeah, I'm glad that I'm not alone in this feeling. So you've created sort of like a queer anti-anthem anthem. Yeah, <laughs> a queer, yeah, exactly. That's funny. Like a, a queer sad anthem. Queer sad anthem. Yeah. All right. Nice. Yeah. But then I also wanted just to like create like more upbeat songs too that talk about there's like sprinkles of she and girl in there too, just because like there can also be like sad love songs about missing a girl or mm-hmm. um, I have written a happy song. So a happy song about being with a girl. <laughs> So you mentioned how Cotton Candy Daydreams is more indie pop and Tinder Sucks is shoegazer. What would you say the genre of masculine would be then? Yeah, 
So I think that um, I'm trying to have the lyricism like override the genre. And so that um, I kind of EQ the guitar to be like separate in a way from the voice. So it sounds less of like a composition and more like there's a background guitar and there's someone like singing right directly into a mic, right? And with like a really loud amp and like the background is the guitar. Okay. And, and so that like you're really focused on the lyricism more than the genre. And mm-hmm. so that I think in that realm, when you kind of you make the composition so that the voice is definitely the focal point of it, then people maybe less are concerned about genre and more just listening to your lyrics and more almost see it as like poetry or something that they're really just trying to find the meaning of instead of just listening to something and want to find it catchy or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what would you say the relationship between sort of music and poetry is? Or do you think that they're just sort of so intertwined it really only matters if you're playing a guitar in the background to <laughs> sort of distinguish them? <laughs> yeah, I think music can be poetry, especially with lyrics. Like um, I used to say when I was a kid, I would tell my parents that I wanted to be a poet. Mm-hmm. And I realized that that's not a normal job. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, I guess I, I learned how to play the guitar, so now I write songs. Um, mm-hmm. But I really think that... Music with lyrics is poetry, just with music theory involved into it. And that, yeah, people, a lot of people don't listen to lyrics of songs, but I think I actually end up liking a lot of songs just because of the lyricism and, like, how it makes me feel. And so there comes this, like, cross-section between, with composition and genre, as well as with lyricism, you can really make the audience have a certain feeling. And so with masculine, it's, like, the kind of, like, faded guitar in the background with the voice recorded in a bedroom like right in your face it kind of gives you this like like sad person in the room kind of vibe to it more of a personal venting experience that you happen to be privy to rather than something that feels entirely made for the listener yeah yeah exactly almost like it's like did grace realize that she like didn't put a bunch of like automation and like and like mess with her voice a bunch and put a bunch of like weird auto tune all over it and stuff. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of the point. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a good comparison. Like someone walks into your room and you're like, still haven't come out yet. And you're like, wait, let me vent to you. Let me trauma dump on you for a second. So if it had to be a genre, I guess it would be indie because indie's considered sad. Just another assigned indie at birth. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> It's like, I realized that I was like, oh, I sing so indie. And I was like, oh, it's just because I sing really low and I am bad at picking pitches to sing like directly the notes. So I like glissando up to notes mm-hmm. and sing wrong vowel shapes. So <laughs> just never join a choir and then you're indie. Mm-hmm. But now I'm in choir. So well, I can't I'll, be indie anymore. I know. It's trying, to, it's trying to train me to be not indie anymore. I'm like, you can't do this, Dr. McNay. You can definitely, in all the choir concerts, I have to sing, like, start singing quieter on the choir concerts because you can literally hear me in the mix. I'm not even singing louder than other people. It's just because I have such a low voice and that I, I think I still sing vowel shapes wrong sometimes. And so it's like... Wait, where's that little indie singer in the in the <laughs> choir? And you're like, oh, the girl with the octagon glasses. That's got to be who it is. Yeah. Well, I thought that when I was in a choir that it would, like, train my voice to, like, not be how I wanted it to sound. But in actuality, the more you learn about something, the more you know how to manipulate it. And I think that helped me record a lot of things with, like, Tinder sucks and stuff, knowing how to make my voice more um, 
smooth and jazzy versus in masculine it's definitely a lot of wrong vowel shapes and glissandoing between notes so you can like make your voice change genre based on like just like vowel shapes and picking pitches and stuff like that so like learning to master a technique in order to then abuse that technique yeah it's like you think that something that you practice might like change your voice but instead it's just like knowing how to manipulate your voice to sound like super different it's like putting effects on guitars you can like figure out how to make your voice fit into certain genres and it not sound like super obscure and alienated all right so do you have anything you want to advertise for anything you want to close with um that really cool people stream masculine on spotify or all music streaming platforms so if you want to be really cool and have really great lyrics and genre and diversity in genre then yeah you should stream masculine by grape thank you for joining us for episode three of the transylvania music technology podcast social constructs genre and gender with grace Kernute. i'd like to thank grace Kernute for speaking with us today and anna helen croce for producing the theme music for the show based on hail transylvania as sung by the transylvania choir you can visit musictech.transy.edu to check out our digital concert stage for more music and videos by Transylvanians. And for more information about the music program at Transylvania University, visit www.transy.edu. The TMT Podcast is a production of the Music Program and the Division of Fine Arts at Transylvania University in Lexington, Kentucky.